welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thanks again for joining us today. It's great to to have more and more folks that are first-time listeners. It's also great for those of you that are subscribed, and I just encourage you to do that. And then every Friday morning, boom, you'll get a new episode uh, downloaded right to your favorite device. So subscribe to the podcast, and certainly those of you that are joining us for first time, it's great to have you with us today. And one of the things that I really like about this podcast is the freedom that it gives me to to do different things. I know we're listed under Christianity, probably should be something like inspirational, uh, but I do bring a, a, a Christian perspective and viewpoint of faith perspective for sure. But this isn't a time for sermons or Bible teachings. This is an opportunity to talk about a lot of different things. And sometimes things that I just think are really important um, that you would certainly not fit into a normal type of sermon, maybe. And one of those is today, I want to talk to you about sleep, about the importance of sleep. Now, again, I can I can bring a, a, a spiritual biblical perspective on, on many things because I think God created us for sleep, that we're, we're designed that way, where it's meant for us to, to rest our bodies. There's a chapter in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, that talks all about rest and the importance of rest. But sleep is really important. Now, you know, this past week we went into uh, daylight savings time on Sunday. And daylight savings time, it's fascinating because uh, of the way it really impacts things. Joseph... Uh, Takahashi, who is uh, a neurobiologist at the Howard Hughes Medical Institute, says this. He says, we know every cell in our body has a clock and changes in daily patterns can trigger negative effects. His lab discovered the clock gene, which helps to run the circadian rhythms in our bodies. And he's talking about negative effects, meaning what happens when the time changes, which just took place. You know, the first night uh, after the time change, so that would have been Sunday night, the average adult loses 40 minutes of sleep. It's harder to fall asleep. And some people stay um, in in this sort of uh, sleep change for uh, a week or more because uh, of the time change. And, and all that it does. And, and just listen to some just fascinating statistics. The Monday, which would have been this past Monday, after the time change, this is wild. There are more accidents. There are more car accidents, likely due to fuzzy thinking, slow reaction times, and the darker uh, morning in terms of driving in. Accidents go up. Listen to this. Heart attacks spike almost 25% on the Monday following the springtime shift. And by the way, in the fall, they drop by 21%. When we gain an hour, they drop. When we lose an hour, they they go up by almost 25%. So all that just tells us is just how important sleep is. It's just super, super important for our overall health. 
our bodies need sleep. It's just the fact. And frankly, the body that does more needs more sleep. I don't know if you've ever heard about LeBron James is famous for sleeping 10 hours a day. Well, when you're you're playing at a high level like he has for so many years and you wonder why he's been able to stay so healthy and even at his age is able to do so much. Uh, I would say one of the keys is sleep, not the only key. Sleep promotes the production of many neurotransmitters that influence mood, attention, focus, and memory. And all this sums up to to make us a more happy, well-adjusted, productive person and more connected to those around us. I mean, that's just... That is just a fact. It is a fact that we need sleep. Sleep is very, very vital and important to us. Dr. Jose Colon, who's the author of The Sleep Diet, says that nobody sleeps through the night. He says, in fact, uh, four to six uh, awakenings are considered normal. Weird, huh? But he says it's that we should be able to go back to sleep. It isn't that we fall, that we wake up when we've fallen asleep. It's the ability to be able to go back to sleep. Do we have that ability? And the answer is there's a lot of sleep stealers out there. Things that are keeping us from getting the sleep that we need to have. And I want to just spend this episode talking about some of these sleep stealers and what you can do about it. So that you can have better sleep because sleep is just so vitally, vitally, vitally important to your overall health. It just cannot, it just can't be stressed enough. And again, as is often said, one third of our lives we spend sleeping. That's how at least we should be spending it sleeping. So it's pretty important stuff. And too many times we, we, uh, we don't give it the attention it deserves and, and we need to be able to do that. And, and today is one of those opportune times for you to listen in and say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to see what I can do to, to, to have better sleep. So let's just begin with the classic, you know, you have, you have to go to bathroom. You have to go to bathroom. Nighttime urination, as they call it. Now, if you are waking up, say, two to four times a night, then, you know, you, you've got an issue. Once a night is, is probably not that unusual, but you start getting past that. And so uh, Jonathan Steele, who uh, works for an organization called Water Cures, he says that you need to limit your evening drinking, uh, your balance of water and electrolytes, uh, maybe uh, when you limit your evening drinking. Because, you know, you just say, well, I don't want to drink as much at night, so I don't have to pee. And then he says your electrolytes and water imbalance takes place. If you consume too much water without enough salt, your body will try to get rid of the water, which may explain why you're waking up at night. So what's the answer? This is fascinating. Here's what he says. He says, about 30 minutes before going to sleep, drink a small glass of water with a pinch of unprocessed sea salt. The unprocessed salt helps the water to get into all of our cells. You need to take the salt with the water to ensure your body retains both. So if you're having trouble with the going to the bathroom at night, then maybe the key is drink a little bit of water with some unprocessed sea salt and see if that doesn't fill up your cells and cause you to not have to get up. Now, again, there's all kinds of things for men as they get older, the prostate and all that stuff. That's a whole nother story, but we're just talking in general here this is a real key 
to possibly not having to get up because you know when you, you know you wake up and then you go to the bathroom and it depends on how far the bathroom is from your bedroom you know and then you get back to sleep i mean it's it'll mess up your sleep for sure so here's another one uh, a hot room the according to the national sleep foundation uh, feeling hot makes it hard to uh, stay asleep and fall asleep too the temperature of the room what you wear when you go to bed or what you don't wear the sheets the blankets all figure into keeping your body at a you know a particular temperature now here's really what i think is interesting um, according to mark levy dr mark levy at mercy medical center in baltimore he says that a room temperature between 60 and 65 degrees is ideal for sleeping I mean, I, I just find that fascinating because I, I just think that's really cold. I don't know how many people sleep in a temperature. I, I've never, I mean, maybe 66 degrees, but 60 to 65. And that's in the winter, in the summer, what it would, you know, what it would take to cool your house down to that. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of a stretch. Another possibility is uh, taking a warm bath raises the temperature uh, raises your temperature slightly and so what happens is when you exit and there's then a drop in temperature it's like your brain is signaled like it's time to go to sleep so another a possibility but i would say even if you can't get down to the 65 degrees maybe finding ways in terms of blankets or what you wear to bed other things to make it cooler now there's another uh, there's another option for you it's called the chili pad sleep system and and though that is uh something that goes over your mattress and under the sheets and it runs cool water through the mat and that can get you to that lower temperature so you might want to invest in the chili pad sleep system not that I'm getting paid to promote that or anything. Uh, maybe I should, but um, that may be an option for you instead of having to spend all kinds of money on your electric bill, or maybe you're just not someone like myself would be too interested in taking a bath. Another big sleep stealer in this world in, in which we live is social media. If your bedtime routine involves scrolling through Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, this may be messing up your sleep. Exposing your eyes to light during the evening stops the body from making melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. From tablets and their screens to smartphones, all kinds of electronic devices or light sources that people tend to hold close to their faces and that makes them potential sleep disruptors. So what do you do about it? Well, you, you could avoid that. I think there's a lot of reasons why you might want to avoid social media before you go to bed. There's a lot of studies that say not the last things you think about are really the most important things in your sleep. And I think a great exercise is instead of scrolling through social media, is just, just take some time to reflect on your day and, and uh, have some gratitude for the good things that happened in your day, even if there were bad things. Try to focus on the good things and go to bed with those thoughts of gratitude. Uh, that, I think, is a, a fantastic approach that you might want to take that could uh, help you 
uh, with your sleep. But you could, of course, dim the room lights and, uh, you know, just really stay away from the screens at least an hour before. Um, there is research that says the blue light that's emitted from smartphones is the most problematic. So dimming your phone or tablet, holding it at least two uh, feet away from you, uh, again, are some things you could do if you absolutely have to look at the precious social media feed. This is a kind of fascinating uh, sleep stealer, and it's um, just getting older. Everyone has a biological clock that determines when they get tired at night and when their body wakes up in the morning. And uh, let me just uh, take a little segue here about that and just say, in terms of your biological clock, that there is one thing that can affect that biological clock in a positive way, and that is uh, that's exercise. Uh, exercise... Um, is a cue to your body. Your body um, will produce something. It'll build up in your brain adenosine. And adenosine has a power inf powerful influence on making us want to sleep. And adenosine is produced because of exercise. So if you're having trouble sleeping, you might want to up your exercise. By the way, it's the same thing that happens when, when you have sex, it, why do you feel tired afterwards, especially men? It's the same, uh, same hormone being released into your brain. So exercise is a key, and as you get older, it's even more of a key. So starting around 40, your uh, biological clock begins to shift, and researchers aren't really sure why this happens. But what, what it does mean is that you'll naturally wake up earlier. In fact, uh, Dr. Hans uh, von Dagen, who um, is the director of the Sleep uh, Research Center at Washington State University, says that by the time you hit your 60s, you could literally be waking up two hours earlier than when you woke up in your 30s. It's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Kind of hard to believe. So what do you do about it? Well, move your bedtime to accommodate your, your body's new sleep schedule. If you're worried you'll lie awake because you're going to bed earlier than you used to, uh, Dr. Van Doggen says you're probably naturally getting tired earlier, but it's easy to ignore it or not to notice sleepiness if you're used to staying up late. Most people, as they get older, find that when they start getting into bed earlier, they fall asleep easily. And, uh, you know, I didn't plan it this way so I could talk about it on today's episode. But last night, yeah, I just really started feeling tired at like, nine o'clock and and uh turned to my wife and and i said you tired she goes yeah i'm tired i said you just you want to just go to sleep i mean nine o'clock at night seems kind of crazy early but i get up early and uh she's like yeah let's just go to sleep and so we went to sleep and uh you know you can get up at five o'clock uh, and still get eight hours of sleep when you go to bed at nine o'clock at night i mean that's just there it is for you so you might want to try that and see if that works for you and kind of moves you in the direction that you would like to go. So here, here's a big one, sleep stealer. It's uh, breathing issues, breathing problems. You know, when you have a stuffy nose, whether it's like seasonal allergies or a cold, you likely toss and turn at night because you're struggling to breathe. But, you know, other factors can narrow your uh, pathway, you know, your airway. That could be like a deviated septum, it could be large tonsils, it could be an overly large tongue. And these conditions can in, 
decrease sleep disturbances. Researchers at the Sleep and Human Health Institute in Albuquerque studied 20 people with chronic insomnia and found that 90%, 90% of their middle-of-the-night wakings were linked to breathing issues. There's also something called nasal polyps. You know, it's another thing. It's just kind of wild, you know, just to think, really? This is what's going on? People, you know, just no one ever said this to me. You know, it may be something you've never even considered, never even thought about. So what do you do about it? You know, um, you might try sleeping on your side. Because sleeping on your side results in better breathing than when, say, you sleep on your back. You might need to make an appointment with your nose and throat specialist. They can give you an exam and see if there's any sort of blockage. Could be something as simple as just like a nasal breathing strip. Or maybe a device that can help you to breathe better, like a CPAP machine. Sometimes surgery may be required, but, you know, before you get to that, hey, what if just sleeping on the side does a trick or just like a breathing strip and bam, you're on your way and, and, and you know, you're getting much better sleep. And it was so simple and so easy. You know, another Potential sleep stealer is uh, thyroid problems. An overactive or underactive thyroid gland can set off a, a domino effect of hormonal imbalances and make it hard to fall asleep or stay asleep. When the thyroid is overactive, your heart races, your adrenaline surges, and you can have insomnia and anxiety, according to Dr. Amy Myers, the medical director at uh, Austin Ultra Health and the author of the book called The Thyroid Connection. When the gland is underactive, condition that can become common after 50, you're up to 35% more likely to have sleep apnea. That's just kind of remarkable, isn't it? To just even think about that. That could happen and that that is the result of a thyroid. Thyroid problems hit women especially hard. I mean, this is interesting. Up to eight times more likely than men to have thyroid problems and up to 60% don't realize that their insomnia is actually actually thyroid related. Hmm. So, it's tough now. They say it's tough to to find sometimes a thyroid uh, issue because there can be other symptoms and depression, weight loss or gain, anxiety, gastrointestinal issues that may seem unrelated to sleep. So, it can be kind of tricky to nail down that it's really the thyroid that's the issue. But it is definitely something to consider. How about this deep stealer, sleep stealer? <laughs> Say that five times fast. Good old-fashioned stress, the sleep stealer stress. Whether it's uh, issues at work or maybe a child, stress and worry can make it difficult to relax and rob us of a good night's sleep. It's because stress activates parts of our brain associated with attention and arousal. So you can see how that goes against sleep. And man, you know, just this whole thing we've been through with the coronavirus and all these changes, it's just brought stress and worry to a whole nother level. And by the way, this is just a kind of fascinating to what we are talking about earlier about exercise. So some people are actually doing less exercise because they're working at home and they don't even like walk up the stairs and do, you know, walk from the parking lot, do those sorts of things that they used to do 
when they went to work or they stopped going. I, I've never stopped. I've been going to my gym the whole time. But some people are like, no, I'm not going to the gym. I was talking to a neighbor the other day. Go to the g- same gym I, I go to. They haven't been there this whole time. So you're not going to the gym and working out. You're not even getting the mild exercise that comes from going to your office or your place of employment. So, I mean, that just makes it worse. Then you have stress and uh, worry on top of it. And bing, bang, boom, looks like sleep is going to be affected. So what can you do? Well, you know, there's so many uh, talks about information, about mindfulness, can, you know, meditation. Can you get a hold of your self-relaxation? And, and certainly these are a, a possible uh, approaches that you can, you can take. I would, uh, again, from a Christian perspective, I would highly encourage prayer. I would, again, when I was talking about a nighttime kind of ritual of going through your day, identifying things to be grateful for, thanking God for the blessings of your day, purposely looking at it from that perspective and can give you a peace. The Bible says there's a peace that passes understanding like even though you go ah, I mean, there's things happening that are really not good yeah but yet there's a peace that can pass understanding that can guard your heart and your mind again the bible says and it says this all happens through prayer by prayer make your request known to god and the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind so i'd encourage you to just unburden yourself to god and see if that doesn't help you in prayer to be able to come to a place where you uh, are better able to uh, control some of your stress-based thoughts and, um, you know, just can feel the, the relief that comes in taking your burdens and giving them to Jesus. And Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, you know, just given, I've many times I've just visualized in my mind, you know, just sort of given my burdens to handing them to Jesus, like you take them, they're too tough for me. And it just kind of brings an amazing amount of release and peace. Praying the, the serenity prayer, you know, accepting things that, you know, you can't change. These, these kinds of steps can really help you, I think, to have some much better sleep. Another sleep stealer is uh, acid reflux. Acid backs up from your stomach and into your esophagus and can affect your sleep. It doesn't even have to necessarily result in straight up heartburn. Now, with heartburn, the discomfort will wake you up. But even if you don't feel a burning sensation, the acid in your esophagus triggers a, a muscular reflex to clear it. And that disrupts your sleep, according to Dr. David Johnson at the Eastern Virginia Medical School chief of gastroenterology so he might know something about what he's talking about this helps explain why people with chronic acid reflux are more than twice as likely to have sleep problems so what's the answer well lifestyle changes eating smaller meals not eating late at night which i think is the number one in my opinion i am not a fan of the late night eating i don't think that will that does not work well for you. And just straight up losing weight all can go a long way toward preventing acid reflux. Of course, you know, you can handle occasional bouts with uh, antacids or uh, over-the-counter 
drugs, those, uh, those can work for sure. If it becomes too regular an occurrence, then you probably need to talk to your doctor because there could be other factors. Believe it or not, cardiac disease can sometimes create heartburn-like symptoms. So it doesn't go away. You might want to check into it, but you might want to just say, hey, what can I try first? But it's really something to think that even if you're not having straight heartburn, that the acid in your esophagus can tr trigger that muscular reflex to clear it, and that disrupts your sleep, and that may be happening to you, and you don't even realize it. All right, well, we're on the losing weight stuff. Sleep stealer, excess belly fat. I mean, it's just, it's just something that is... Uh, well established when you carry extra weight in your midsection your body has to work harder to breathe when you lie down and that causes sleep problems belly fat can also trigger higher levels of inflammation in your body that disrupt the neurological pathways that control sleep so you've got really kind of a vicious cycle so you know not getting enough sleep is linked to overeating up to an extra 385 calories a day. Do you see this vicious cycle? You don't sleep enough and you actually eat more, which makes you gain weight, which causes you not to sleep well. Then you get up and you eat more. So losing the weight and being able to sleep better, you could end up losing even more weight because you end up eating less because your body is rested and is at the peak that it's supposed to be at. Preliminary research from Johns Hopkins found that the more belly fat you lose, the bigger the improvement you see in your sleep. In addition to cutting calories and stepping up exercise, which, you know, certainly helps you to lose weight all over your body. They, they encourage eating some uh, healthy fats like olive oil, nuts, avocados. Because it can, it can really uh, work for you in terms of weight gain, diabetes, things like that, belly fat. So certainly something to consider and, 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 and take a look at for your overall health. And I want to give one more because this is sort of my area here. Sleep stealer, a less than positive attitude. Hear me out now. The more favorably you look upon sleep, believing it makes you happy and that you feel refreshed after a full night's sleep, the longer you'll actually sleep every night. That's what uh, Dr. Hannah Peach, who uh, lectures at UNC Charlotte in psychology, she recently did a study and asked people to rate how favorably, favorably they viewed sleep with one strongly disagree, five strongly agree. And she found that for every point higher that their scores averaged, the time they spent in sleep increased by 40 minutes. 40 minutes. So a difference between a 2 and a 5 is 120 minutes, 2 hours. 2 hours of increased sleep. So just really, you know, having a positive attitude about the importance of sleep. I mean, I've given you a lot of great information here about what sleep does and the neurotransmitters and all the good things that it does for you. All the negative things that happened just this past Monday because people lost an hour of sleep and there are more car accidents and more heart attacks. I mean, how much more do you need? You know, if you have trouble convincing yourself that sleep is something your body needs, 
Then try keeping a sleep log. You know, how much sleep you got, how you felt throughout the day, how happy you were, how easy it was to concentrate. Sleep is not a luxury. It's a necessity. It's not like, oh, you know, well, LeBron James, 10 hours of sleep must be nice to be a multimillionaire. No, <laughs> no, it's all tied together. It's all tied together. Your productivity and your ability to increase your earnings, sleep. Your overall mental well-being, sleep. Your happiness, sleep. How you connect with others like your spouse and your children, sleep. It's crucial. It's absolutely crucial to have a good night's sleep. It's, it's, you know, it's, again, it's, it's not an appendage, you know. It's not a luxury if I can get it. It's, it's something that needs to be a priority. And the better you sleep, the better you are going to be. You're going to be the best you that you can be. And so hopefully you'll, you'll just really take these, uh, these uh, great, I think, great tools to overcome the sleep stealers that may be in your life and put them into practice so that you can have a, a better night's sleep and, and really just sleep well and wake up refreshed and ready to meet the challenges of another day, ready to to win the day, uh, we've just booked uh, the author of the new book, Win the Day. Mark Batterson's going to come and join us here in a few weeks and talk about how do you win the day. And and uh, he's got a lot of great stuff to share. But I'll tell you what, you know how you start the day to make sure you're going to win the day? You're rested. So get sleep. Get the sleep you need. And I think it will, it will make for a happier, healthier you. Great to have you join us again this week. Thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Point of Impact podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.